Is this this Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand. <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear that? Bing Bong is a sus individual. There's no turning back now. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Chris, happy Halloween. It's here. It's today, finally here. Today is Halloween. You dressing up? You do you doing uh, anything? I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Um, well. I'm not a big Halloween guy, I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Um yeah, I prefer we fast forward straight to uh the the winter equinox, holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, that kind of business. Yeah. Coming in quick, coming Especially in, quick. in California. Like I mean, on the East Coast, maybe. Uh, we yeah. were just in West Virginia uh, for some autumn, so some some nice leaves changing, like a little bit more atmospheric. But in California, it's just it's ninety, it's ninety five <laughs> degrees in Walnut <laughs> Creek. Like I, uh, I'm not in any type of holiday spirit. Sure, sure. But uh, we are in the spirit of celebrating some spooky haunted mansion ghosts. Sure are. Uh, we're back for the finale, part two of our best haunted mansion ghost bracket. Um, we're back in the parks, uh, and uh, and and also coming back is Tess O to help finish things off. Tess, what's up? What's up, guys? Uh, do you have any like spooky ghost dreams uh, this past week? Uh, ha- have the spirits of the haunted mansion kind of invaded your life? Aside from grim grinning ghosts being stuck in my head again, yep. Not happens. too many ghost spirits okay. popping around. Okay. Okay. Are well, you uh, are you dressing up this year for Halloween for today? You know, I just might. Okay. I'm I'm much more of like a last minute costume gal. I'll throw mm. something together, um, something a little witty, something that you really have to explain to people because it's probably not had enough thought put into it. <laughs> so, usually my speed. Any uh, Disney related Halloween costumes in your in your lifetime? Have you ever? either store-bought, put together, any of your Disney Halloween costumes? Well, I went to, back in college, I went to a Halloween Disney princess drag show, which was really a really fun show. And they encouraged everyone to to wear their favorite, you know, Disney princess outfit. So I went as Belle. You know, part of me as a kid was always like, oh, she's the brown haired princess. So I'm going to be her. And she loves to read. So she's 
she's who I'm going to be. Yeah. Uh, I have some thoughts about Belle just as a whole, but <laughs> in general, I really always kind of resonated with her. So I've dressed up as Belle before. Oh, I, nice. I love that. I love that brown hair was like the extent of princess diversity for for so yeah. long <laughs> so long <laughs> she's, right. she's got brown hair i can relate let's go yeah um that's that's awesome uh well uh we're back we're talking about haunted mansion ghosts uh trying to find the best one uh before we get back into the bracket we gotta talk spoonfuls of sugar what's everyone drinking today kyle what do you got in oakland yeah, I have a Hell Lager beer from Wondrous Brewery in Emeryville, which is uh, located actually just right over the fence from Pixar Studios, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is a an Oktoberfest type beer from them. It is a lager. It is light and crisp. I had it a few weeks ago as I was meeting up with some some homies to grab an after work beer. And uh, this one stuck with me because it was just so easy to drink. It's so, so cold and refreshing. And as you said, it's been it's been warm in the bay for whatever reason, specifically out where you are in Walnut Creek. So this is going to be a nice way to wrap up October and head us into what we can call maybe a little bit more real of a fall here in the bay. So I'm excited. I, I love it. It's really good. Uh, Chris. Any gas station uh, sours that you're rocking this time? Or what's could, going on? No, no gas station sour come ups this week. Um, I've been spending some time in the gym. It's the off season, so we're back on our gym grind. We're back. <laughs> well, <laughs> season has arrived yet again. <laughs> hanging out at the bar, the barbell <laughs> that is, oh uh, every night, and. Um, I got some, I got some, some muscle soreness. Uh, I got, I got some DOMS, some delayed onset muscle soreness. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and hashtag trust the bro science, um, and drink this protein shake, uh, that, that hopefully will, will help cure my muscle soreness. And it's just chocolate whey protein and water. I mean, it is, it is old school. (laughs) Uh, something I like to do actually is put hot water in and it's like a hot cocoa almost. Oh. Um yeah, and and I'm gonna go ahead and hit y'all with um with a little ghost host pun. Um it was because I was doing some dead lifts. Nah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> sticker sticker idea. Okay. Oh, maybe Hear me out. Ma- okay. Alyssa, where Gus, are you? We got little, another sticker little, idea. Little little Gus with like a little Little barbell, you know, deadlifts and doom buggies. Let's go. Wow. Come on. Here we go. T-shirt. And also would like to point out that I am wearing my Padres um, gear today um, Mm -hmm. because today is game two of the World Series. Right. uh, Or is it game three of the World Series? I don't know what day it is, but um, I can't believe the Padres made the World Series. That's crazy. uh, Yeah. Like all these years of being a San Diego kid, being (laughs) a Padres fan, like my dream finally came true. Yeah. Padres are in the world series um they're gonna stick it to the yankees uh but it's good it's gonna be a good one it's gonna be a good one <laughs> excited for it um i believe i went forward in time and when the chiefs uh, went to the super bowl so, <laughs> yeah, so we're doing right. that again today uh the <laughs> anyways uh, i also i forgot to point out last week i i do have my goatee yeah, going yeah right we... now uh so you know just call me the goat host all right Tess, what are you drinking? Ooh, <laughs> man, I don't know if I can follow all of that. <laughs> um, I've got a beer this time, um, an 
Old Rasputin. And if you've ever mm-hmm. seen the Old Rasputin from North Coast Brewing, it is a spooky looking label. So I had to go with the with the ghost, ghost looking guy label. So sure. stout. Stout. Ooh, okay. Stout, yeah. Russian wow. Imperial Stout. Oh. Fancy. Love it. Yeah. Stouts are great for this time of year. I, I love a, a good amber ale, good red ale, a little bit, maybe a darker, like a stout every once in a while, but I'm going to have to look out for, for the old Rasputin. That's for sure. Uh, Chris, we've got drinks in hand. Let's, re- let's remind people, how, how do we get here? Who did we uh, survey as our demographic? Give us the rundown. Well, we, uh, we sent the interns back into Disneyland. Uh, they, they went ahead and used their magic keys uh, reserved a spot, headed into the parks, <laughs> and they tracked down Haunted Mansion Holiday on-ride Instagrammers, stopped them when they got back off the ride and said, hey, what is the best Haunted Mansion ghost? And we got a round of 16 great ghosts. We've narrowed it down to a round of eight. And the round of eight looks something like this. The number one seed ghost host versus number eight, Little Yoda. Number four seed singing bus versus number five, the Hatbox ghost. Number two, Madam Leota versus number 10, Pickwick. The number three, the bride versus number six, the hitchhiking ghost. Not a lot of upsets no. uh, in the last round. So we've got ourselves a pretty stacked field entering the round of eight. Uh, Kyle, you started things off uh, last week, so I will go ahead and start things off this week where we talk about the number one seed ghost host versus number eight, Little Yoda. Now, I mentioned last week how Little Yoda doesn't really have a backstory. No. Uh, she's really just a wandering person in an empty corner of the graveyard, sending us all back into the human world. Uh, She is wearing a hooded dress uh, and is holding a bushel of herbs. She kind of has a spacey sort of persona about her, uh, which is is very creepy. Uh, She doesn't really seem to have a grasp on either realities, uh, which kind of leaves you guessing and makes you feel a little bit uneasy as you exit the attraction. She's asking you to bring your death certificate, which is, of course, ironic, uh, funny, play on words. Uh, we love it. The ghost host. Now, the ghost host, we've talked a lot about how he's such a, a dominant presence in the Haunted Mansion. He's He provides the on-ride narration. Uh, he is speaking in this this brilliant flowery language that's written by Exitensio. Uh, and he's, he's really important to like uh, the pulse of the Haunted Mansion. Uh, yeah. We love him for that. Uh, but the ghost host, uh, the backstory that is the ghost host is kind of a, a mixed bag of, of facts. Ah. I mean, it's very, very hard to keep straight. Who is the ghost host? Uh, what role does he serve in the Haunted Mansion? Uh, but from what I can understand, what everyone collectively has sort of landed on is that the ghost host is Master Gracie and the ghost host is the hanging corpse in the stretching room mm. and the ghost host is the most recent owner of the Haunted Mansion. Uh, all the same character. And he is seen physically represented in the attraction in the corridor of doors as a man with kind of like Argus Filch hair, uh, and he's holding a hatchet and has a noose around his neck. Uh, so here's, he's sometimes here's, referred to as the hatchet man or the sure. hangman. Here's my issue with 
the assumption that the ghost host is the hanging corpse in the stretching room is because he's asking you uh, or he's telling you to to find a way out or he suggests the way out is his way, uh, which is hanging himself. But I feel like if that is the way out and he's the ghost host that has has known this, he's not out, right? He's out of the stretching room, presumably, but he's in the house forever. So and and I get that this is just like a scheme to get more bodies into or more ghosts maybe into the mansion, but it just feels like a stretch, no pun intended, that he's the hanging person. Yeah, I guess my rebuttal to that would be that it's it's like a ironic statement. Yeah, uh, that like you're trapped. Even if you kill yourself, you're trapped. Right. Yeah. Like there is, there really is no way out. Yeah. Uh, my way actually isn't really a way out at all. Right. Um. So yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It does get complicated, and like it's never been like fully written out. Um, and it is all, all kind of like fans piecing things together. Yep. Uh. So, I don't know. Uh, you can ultimately, I think, interpret it however you want. Uh, I never really interpreted the ghost host to be that person myself. Um, I interpreted that person to be Master Gracie and kind of like, uh, honestly, the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion uh, version (laughs) where he was like a sad boy groom who got, you know, end of his rope. No, again, no pun intended. But um, the ghost host, uh, I just, I don't know. I like, it's going to be so hard for me because we, he's already won a bracket for us. He, he was the, the best voted, the best attraction character by the mouse madness podcast. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to be trying to look for little things to kind of like bring him back down to earth so that he can compete <laughs> with the rest of these ghosts, um, up against little Yoda. I think, I think really the only thing that I would give little Yoda the advantage uh, would be just like the physical representation yeah. uh, that, that the ghost host is this kind of like abstract spirit that like, yeah, if you go on the wiki, you can figure out what he looks like, but like 99.9999% of haunted mansion writers aren't going to do that. Uh, <laughs> so like he's really just an imaginary imaginary voice uh whereas little yoda is this thing that you can see uh and she is a physical practical effect as well uh so i i would give her the advantage definitely uh, in that capacity um but that being said i think uh the ghost host being a character is is important to the attraction um and the attraction is a collection of characters little yoda is definitely one of them but the ghost host is a, just a little bit deeper uh we get to know him like we understand that he's he's a little bit funny uh he's he's uh, got kind of a, a dark sense of humor uh, dude loves puns. Uh, <laughs> yep. he's, he's certainly a pun king. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and you know he ultimately is is uh, 
you know, a tortured soul who's uh, bound to the mansion for eternity, but he's got a good attitude about it. And sure. that's, and, <laughs> he and has that, to. He's here to have a good time. And that's yeah. what I really like about the ghost host. On top of the fact that, of course, like he is your narrator, the attraction is is vastly different, vastly changed without the ghost host. Whereas little Yoda, I would miss her if she was gone, but I don't think it would really affect my enjoyment of the ride. So I have the number one seed ghost host advancing over the number eight little Leota. And to the point that you just brought up that the ghost host is, is here for a good time, right? I feel like outside of my own like theory, which I brought up on the attractions bracket that, I think that the ghost host is not necessarily a uh, a spirit within the mansion, but it's like a, a haunting of you. You're hearing the voice in your head uh, hmm, because yeah, you've yeah, entered yeah. this kind of cursed building. And so everyone's hearing this voice without knowing if everyone is hearing this voice. And I, I think that is the spookier and more fun way to think about the ghost host but for the purposes of this bracket he is a ghost that's in the mansion but i think that he he is above all of the other ghosts right like all of the other ghosts are are newbies and they're out here like showing up and showing out but the ghost host is an og he's like i don't even need to show up i don't, I've, i'm not even gonna show myself i'm gonna just roll with you you're going to be all around. <laughs> he turned Even his when, camera off on the Zoom. He turned his <laughs> camera off on the Zoom. He is three years into this remote stuff. And he said, you're not going to see me. I'm here, though. I promise I'm not on mute. So I really like that aspect of the ghost host. And in our uh, character bracket, we had brought up how there were so many different iterations from Existencio as to who this host was going to be. And Tess alluded to one of them last time in which like the Raven was going to be a host yeah. Yeah, of yeah. some sort. Like the Raven was going to lead you through the mansion and, and kind of tell you what's going on as you got to each scene. And they got rid of that for the ghost host. But then as I was researching for this bracket, I was finding that there's even more stories from before X, before like just in concepts and by specifically Ken Anderson, who hopped in his car and came up to San Jose, California, and he went ahead and took a tour of what? The Winchester Mystery House, oh, baby. Oh, snap. So Walt basically was like, hey, from the beginning, from the formation of Disneyland, if you look at that first map that, that Herbie Ryman drew you'll see a haunted house on a hill. And Walt knew that he wanted it, never really made it happen. So he sent his, at the time, animators up to the Winchester Mystery House because he was like, initially, this is going to be a walkthrough attraction. Yeah. Rolly yeah. Crump is drawing up some spooky, scary stuff and people are going to walk through it. But we've never done that before. Uh, and, and especially since we're doing this World's Fair stuff where we're developing this Omnimover and we're doing sit-down animatronic shows and a boat ride, like, what does a walkthrough look like? So Ken goes up to the Winchester Mystery House to take one of the tours so that he can see how a host can move people through this haunted house where they're supposed to be told a story and also experience kind of the hauntings and the and the spooks along the way. And so he he found that. And so you can kind of get that that aura from the haunted mansion as if you're being led on a tour of a haunted house as opposed to being trapped in one. And from that, Ken was like, okay, we're going to have a 
a host in this walkthrough and the host is going to be a butler because in the at the Winchester Mystery House they are dressed very similarly to like butlers. They're dressed nice and they bring you around. And so he's like this is going to be a butler. His name is going to be Beauregard. Beauregard <laughs> the butler. Uh, I am your that's host. A, that's a strong name. Beauregard. <laughs> Thanks Bo. Bowie. What's up, Bo? What's up, Bo? Thank you. Beauregard Bauer socks. I'm going to add that to my oh, add that to my baby name list. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, eventually he left that butler idea. We'll call him Guardy B. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's the protein hot cocoa that you're drinking (laughs) over there. So, left the butler idea behind and thought it was going to be this kind of like lonesome ghost who was the soul of the ghost that had hung themselves. So, like, that's that ghost, that corpse is in that room alone. So this lonesome ghost who has been trapped in this with you would be going on a tour of the house alongside all of its guests, which I think is also a really cool idea. And then from there, Ken's removed from the project. Claude and, and Mark are put on it. X is brought in to write the script. And then we get the raven. We get the cat. We get all that stuff that I talked about last time. But I thought it was really cool, especially with us being up here in the Bay, that there's such an influence uh, on the Haunted Mansion from something that is just, you know, down the highway from us. So if you ever go check out the Winchester Mystery House, know that that had some influence on the the story of the Haunted Mansion. It was really cool. Uh, little Leota has no reason being little. And I, I still don't know why. And it, I love how she kind of sends us off in the way that she does, where she's beckoning us to come back. And come back and visit, bring the death certificate, all these very fun puns that we've experienced from the ghost host himself, now through the ghostist herself. Uh, but it's 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 got to be the ghost host here. And eventually, I think we're going to have some arguments about the ghost host, uh, maybe not making it to as a champ here, but I think definitely against Liliota has to go past. So uh, Tess, any issues there with that move? Nope. I think, Chris, you said last week that she's, they call her the ghostess. And while she is the ghostess with the mostess, oh. I gotta go with the ghost host. Oh, oh. The host with the most. The host with the most. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about this next Elite Eight matchup, which is the number four, the singing busts versus the number five hat box ghosts. We ended our conversation about the Hatbox Ghost trying to understand how this, this spirit fits in within the mansion, specifically like how they are represented. Uh, the Hatbox Ghost is extremely new and shows it in this house that has been, I wouldn't even say like necessarily outdated, but everything looks worn and worn in. And I feel like that makes sense. Like this is a haunted house where these ghosts have been trapped forever. It is a, a spooky place that has spider webs all over it. It's dusty. It's it's bizarre. And yet here we have this figure who doesn't necessarily has some kind of ghostly aura about him he's under like black light so he's kind of glowing as if he's a spirit but it's not that same essence that we get out of some of the figures say in the in the graveyard it's almost like he's too detailed we're seeing too much of him where 
you almost don't want to see the outline of his body. You want to see him like almost floating and it's just his head and his hand. Like that I think would be a a better representation than like him actually standing there, especially with how close we get to him. The other issue is that the effect, which initially was supposed to be uh, this just a lighting effect where the darkened face would be lit by a spotlight. That spotlight would go out at the same time as the spotlight would turn on in the hat box. And mm. that just wasn't working for them, which is why they took him out after, you know, a week or two. They just didn't achieve what they wanted it. And now it's like, I think it's a really fun effect. Chris, I think you're, you're onto something where it's a bit too whimsy for the effects that it surrounds like <laughs> you're suddenly like damn okay yeah that was a that was a pretty high def uh, trick for this attraction in which we've just kind of seen illusions as opposed to like effects and so yeah. it's jarring it's a jarring placement yeah. it's a jarring character i don't think it's necessarily his fault i think that was the beginning of disney doing too much that's the beginning of trader sam's uh, lore that's the beginning of enhancements to attractions across the board a lot of them really great a lot of them really good but uh, disney started to get a little greedy with their with their cash that they made and the rise of these parks and so i think it's great that he's back i think that it's really cool that they are kind of nodding to the history and if you didn't know who he was uh, it's a still a cool animatronic to see but it's jarring and one thing about this attraction is that there needs to be flow the entire reason why there's this Omnimover is to move people through that that mansion. And if you catch that effect at the wrong time as you're passing it, you really just see either his head on his shoulders or the head in the hat box, but you don't see the transfer. And that yeah, is the entire payoff. How weird is that? It's Right? Like, it's not timed so that... And I get it. We're moving fairly quickly past him. So it would have to be like this constant transfer, <laughs> which would be really weird. Uh but if you just pass it and you don't see it move and you know it's supposed to, uh, that's a little disappointing. While the entire purpose of a of Doom Buggy is for you to see specific elements as you're going around the attraction. So he feels a little bit forced in there. He's up against Singing Bus, who you spend a lot of time with. You spend the time that you're supposed to spend with them. Uh, they achieve the effect of a haunted object very well. They they are, you know, these feel more like ghosts than maybe the, the staring bus because staring bus are just kind of supposed to be moving as you're walking away as opposed to these bus who have come alive, these singing ones. Uh, they are, are clever. They are whimsy. They are also fitting for their environment, especially with the fact that they're, some of them are like decrepit. Some of them have fallen over. They're not all in a perfect state. And that's really fun because that's what you would expect out of this maybe like abandoned graveyard in which a lot of chaos is ensuing. Maybe one of their heads got knocked down by one of the other ghosts. Uh, maybe, you know, the there's like an arch. Is there an archer in the graveyard? Am I tripping? Because uh, like in in the in the movie, in the Haunted Mansion movie, there oh, is. Man. Oh, I, man, I think. Don't tell right? me. Don't tell me I'm getting my uh, my. My graveyard's mixed up. I don't even yeah, want to do that. I no, you're right think, though. There's like an I apple. There's, there's like an apple scene where he and shoots, they sh- he shoots him and it hits him in the and head. You follow the arrow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that is. Damn. Shame. 
Shame to me <laughs> for thinking that that <laughs> that gag was in the actual mansion. Wow. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Anyways, uh, I like them. I like that you can hear all of their individual voices, uh, especially because it feels like just a massive cacophony as you're going through. But when you pass them, you can specifically hear their voices and their great expressions really highlight which voice is coming from which bust. It's really cool. Uh, it's also the nice kind of last moment of personality that you get out of the mansion before you leave. Of course, you encounter the hitchhiking ghosts, but they are kind of sitting there uh, swinging back and forth, wanting to hitch a ride with you and you see them in the mirror. But And then Lil Leota, of course. But in the, the attraction itself, before you get off that doom buggy, you're, you're parting ways with this enchanted house. And I think that's really cool and really important. So in two effects that incorporate faces and incorporate liveliness and, and try to suspend your disbelief a little bit, uh, I think that the singing bus do that better than the hatbox ghost, who is a little bit jarring uh, and feels a little bit too forced. So uh, these people, are, these ghosts, are supposed to be living there for a while. Hitch hatbox ghost, you're a little too new. I'm going to go singing bus. Yeah, I mean, he's. I feel like he's got some baggage. This hatbox ghost. Man, uh, we got to stop the show if you're going to continue. <laughs> these ghost puns pun are just like. We have to stop the show. Um. But you are right. Like, it feels like it. It it's <laughs> this effect that didn't work, and then they had forty years t- to make it work, and then it still doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, like it's just kind of a it's just kind of a letdown. Well, here's the thing: Have you seen the videos of, um. Shanghai's Pirates, where Jack Sparrow appears out of a out of a skeleton. I don't know. Off so the top I would of my I head. would highly recommend it. It's pretty incredible effect, but it feels like that's what they were trying to do. But the thing about the Jack Sparrow one is that he's far enough away from you, in which all you see is this like skeleton outline and you don't see the rest of the figure until it kind of like lights Mm. itself up while with the hat box ghost, you get right up on them and you can kind of tell that this is a, like a screen effect and you don't really want that in an attraction that is all based on these visual illusions. And that's where it tears you out of the mansion. Well, isn't, isn't there like a newish effect on the Disneyland pirates where like a dude turns into a skeleton when like no, you go past him? He It's a mirror effect. It's like a, the figure is half human and half skeleton with a mirror so that when you pass by him going this way, it looks like a full human. But as you pass the mirror, it looks like a full skeleton. Right. Right. And so it's that's still a visual effect. It's not a, a practical effect. It's not like a screen thing. But it works so good. That's what I'm know? saying. And right. and they could have employed. I kind of wish that they gave the lighting thing a second chance, you know? Yeah. But uh yeah, this just there's just too there's just too many red flags with this <laughs> with with this hatbox ghost guy. Uh there's too much not to like here. I mean, I think conceptually I like the idea of the hatbox ghost. Um I, I think he's kind of random, I guess, though, at the same time, like it's a good idea for a ghost, but like he doesn't really serve the 
ride really he's just like a yeah like a good idea for a gag so uh i at the end of the day yeah i think the the he has the most value as this like piece of lost disney history uh, and that has been killed so i have the singing busts moving on as well uh tess any any love for the hat box ghost here no love lost here i think we can move on with the with the singing busts all right the next round of eight matchup we're hopping over to the other side of the bracket it's number two madam leota versus number 10 pickwick oh what a matchup mm-hmm. this, is, this, is, this is where things are going to start getting a little bit interesting um so so pickwick i want to talk a little bit more about like the inspiration of pickwick uh yeah. because you talked about uh charles dickens last week which i think you know we definitely have enough information to uh to prove that uh, that 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 was part of the inspiration, um, but something on the haunted mansion wiki that I thought was cool. Uh, I we, I mean we gave a little we had to do a little Bay Area connection, but how about a little L.A. Kings connection here? Oh, all right. Uh, Pickwick was the name of a banquet hall allegedly that Imagineers would have to pass in between the Burbank Studio and the Glendale offices huh uh there's like it's called like riverside drive or something and and uh, it goes along this janky river in la and then you pass pickwick uh it was a banquet hall now there is a bowling alley and an ice rink Ah. Uh, and the ice rink is home to an la king's practice facility fun fact pickwick uh that that same uh rink pickwick ice um, was where they shot uh, Michael's birthday party in the office uh, season two <laughs> when Dwight gives him the hockey jersey and Michael wears uh, all the hockey gear to the public skate session. Super funny. But yeah, Amazing. that's Pickwick. It's all Pickwick. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I think Mookie Betts bowls at Pickwick too. Hey, that, I think. that would check out. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, shout out Pickwick. He's one of the only... Um, you characters like in the original like documentation of the haunted yes. mansion that had a name. Great call. Uh, yeah, so like this guy is not just some like uh, created after the fact character. Like this guy was 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 well thought out, uh, and which seems so random because he's he serves such a small part in the ballroom scene, and he doesn't really even move at all. Uh, right. he's, he's maybe not even the most eye catching character on that chandelier. Uh, so it's interesting that he he's got this love from Disney Imagineering uh, during the creative process. I wonder if like he is a one big inside joke. Like I wonder if there was a Pickwick of Imagineering who like was just notorious for getting the drunkest, and they're like, "Bro, we got to put him up on the chandelier." I mean, it could be because like he, he has this kind of specific characterization, just like in yeah. the way that he's, he's built, he's got this kind of portly build. Um, and also, yeah, he's drinking wine, you know, like he's got the wine in his hand. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's a clear, it's a clear alcohol reference. And like, we know those animators got down. Oh, they've been drinking. At the studio. They've been drinking. Uh, so I, I, like, I really like Pickwick a lot. Uh, like I said, last week we love a good turnt boy yep 
Um, up against Leota, which, you know, she has a lot of those kind of ghost host qualities about her where she seems so important to the narrative of the attraction. Uh, she gets us in between that very first part of the ride where you see the floating candelabra. You see the guy trying to get out of his coffin. Uh, you see the corridor of doors. You aren't really sure what's real and what's your imagination. And Leota is the one that takes you from uh, the real world into into ghost world. Uh, she summons the spirits, uh, and then you, you're kind of you're kind of off and running. Uh, she's like almost the uh, like inciting incident of the attraction. Everything else is kind of like the uh, the exposition uh, to the haunted mansion. So like her seance is uh, is is super important. Yeah. Um. It also is. Uh. It's it's slow. Like, uh, kind of thinking about that seance that it. it does take a long time to get through. Um, but I think that kind of builds a lot of the anticipation. Uh, and it's one of the only scenes in the mansion where the doom buggy is not like constantly swiveling to kind of show you what it wants you to show. It's just this nice long kind of circular drawn out, uh, you know, moment. Um, and it feels very real for that reason. Um, and it is very suspenseful for that reason as well. Um, I really uh, think at the end of the day, though, that Madame Leota is a bit overrated. Uh, and I think <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Pickwick. I think sure. I think the spirit of the mansion is not spooky. It is silly. And Pickwick is silly. And Madame Leota is only spooky. Uh, she very rarely shows off her sense of humor. Uh, and I don't like that about her. I want to know and maybe either of you can can answer both of you can answer this is. What gives Leota the authority and ability to summon other ghosts? Like she, she's a ghost herself. So what makes her head ghost in charge? And why does the ghost host know that as well when it feels like he's also in charge? I don't. To me, it seems like she's she had to have been. Before she died, she had before she became a ghost, she was she had to have been clairvoyant or had to have been someone who was speaking with the other side anyway. Right. At least in my I mean, if she's getting trapped into a crystal ball and that's her ghost house and now she's <laughs> performing seances, like she clearly took that from her previous life. So I think that's the only thing that really gives her that ability to to have the other hosts to make her the HGIC and really like commanding that room. So <laughs> I think it's got to just be those those past skills. I I I think I said this in the attraction character bracket, but I don't I don't think she's one of the nine hundred ninety nine. Interesting. Like, I yeah, think you she. Did say this. I think she's like the like in the apartment building. There's like the leasing agent who is like responsible for mm. getting people, but she doesn't actually live there. She just helps get people in. Like that's always been who I think is. Leota, like she's the funnel for to get things from the real world into the spirit world. Um, so who made her in charge? I mean, the haunted mansion has had several owners. Uh, right. and so, so I don't know, but I would imagine that she made some type of deal, uh, with someone to, to like live eternally. I like your thought that she's almost like the facilitator of the haunted mansion itself. 
And I would agree with you that she might, she's not one of the 999. If she wasn't, if she didn't portray qualities that other ghosts in there already do, like you think about the singing busts is a similar type of ghost to Madame Leota, who is a head floating in a, in a glass ball in her glass house, as Tess said. Uh, and, you know, ghosts who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Uh, so she, I think she's a ghost. She may not be considered a happy haunt. And she may not be happy or charming. But I think that she is intriguing. I think that she is scary. And up until, or at least uh, a little, it makes you feel a little uneasy. And up until that point, that has been the vibe of the entire mansion. You have this floating voice following you around. You have seen a haunted hallway with things moving and floating candles. And you're entering the seance room where instruments and furniture are floating around you. And it's all being controlled by Madame Leota. And she probably couldn't make the ghosts show themselves in the hallway. And we could see all of them. But we haven't encountered her yet and it's because we've been tested the entire time. Our sympathetic vibrations haven't been felt until we get to Madame Leota's room. And then she's like, I, they cool. They cool. They, they're one of us. She's like the bouncer for, uh, for the haunted mansion. She's got to make sure that we've we've got the right vibes. She's the vibe check police. Who do you know here? She asked us who we knew here and we said, Pickwick baby. And she's (laughs) like, get bring him in, bring him in. Yeah, but I, I, I think that Madame Leota, like, story-wise, in the story that we know, if it's not for her, then we don't get the rest of the ride. We'd get the rest of the ride as, like, haunted objects, like we saw in the beginning of the ride, but she's yeah. the one that is like, hey, bring them out, bring them out, and she does, and and without <laughs> her, <laughs> part two's getting off the rails. <laughs> uh, without her... The ride would be dark and and ominous and a little spooky, which is great. But you you want that that fun and that whimsy to also accompany it, and she's the facilitator of it. So I'm going to go with Leota, which means Tess, you're breaking a tie. Tiebreaker. And look, I love a turn boy when it comes to Disney. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. I'm so with you guys, and there's just something that's so charming about Pickwick. And I we talked about this last week, but I hope that. You know, we talked about, did he go out, you know, normally and then it's just partying at the party or did he go out like that? And <laughs> I got to hope that he went out like that, that he went out swinging from a chandelier or at least, <laughs> at least maybe like a lamppost. Like he was at a 13 year old's birthday. Exactly. He went out like that. Yeah, that would be a big way to go out. But <laughs> I just hope that that was his personality when he was amongst the living as well. Uh, Kyle, I do agree with you, though. I feel like Madame Leota really does anchor so much about what we know about the attraction and as much as I get a little creeped out and I don't love the floating instruments and furniture and all the stuff within the seance the bell kind of freaks me out when it hits but Mm. um, I do think that while I love a turn boy she is she is the one that's got to move forward the HGIC Madam Leota the number two moves on we've got one two four Next mashup, who will round out the final four? Number three, the bride, Constance Hatchaway, versus the number six, hitchhiking 
ghosts. We didn't talk a lot about the bride Constance Hatchaway on the last episode. Uh, so let's dive into her a little bit. Um, I don't, she didn't appear on our best attraction characters bracket either, but nope. Constance Hatchaway has had kind of a, kind of a, like a, like a journey. Yeah, uh, totally. Both like as a fictional character and as like a haunted mansion animatronic. Uh, she certainly had a glow up in the two thousands. <laughs> uh, she used to be just sort of like a mannequin that yes. didn't really move at all uh, in the corner of the attic. Uh, couldn't even really see her face. And she had this glowing heart that would just kind of beat glowing and heart and glowing eyes. This and glowing eyes, bride right. was terrifying. <laughs> terrifying and as you went through the attic you didn't really hear anything except for the beating of her heart you didn't have the wedding song playing in the background it was like very ominous it's like she's like the anti hatbox ghost where right. like it's not about the effect it's about the idea uh and it's about the 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 attraction writer's imagination more than anything so um she eventually moved over to the other side of the track uh, where she became a projection uh, and she has a hatchet that appears in her hands. Uh, and she says things like, till death do us part, uh, creepy creepy wedding vow lines that sound murdery. Yeah. She's also in the stretching room, which is something I learned today. Uh, she is one of the portraits. She's sitting on the gravestone of one of her husbands that she murdered. Huh. And she's the one holding the rose. Uh, I did not know that, but like that is canon. Uh, okay. One of the, I think George, I think that's the name of her husband is George. I think it's the Hightower one uh, who uh. is the one of the former owners of the mansion and his brother also maybe, oh, it, it might be his brother, same last name, owns uh, Phantom Manor. And also in that family owns the Tower of Terror at Disney Tokyo Sea because that's High Tower Tower. Also, Hand of the King in Westeros uh, <laughs> and, and uh, the Queen as well. Yeah. High Tower family, very powerful. Yep. Uh, sorry, I had to get my Game of Thrones yeah, reference. Here he is. There. Yep, uh, of I'm course. Uh, gang. We need to bring back jilted lover murder fiction uh, because all the murder true crime that um, I'm seeing these days is like serial killer. It's like psychological horror. Uh, and we need to bring back some of this jilted lover uh, murder stuff because it's uh, it's rich. Have you watched um, Ratchet? No. It's ba That's basically it. It's with Sarah Paulson. It's on Netflix. It's about the uh, oh the no, nurse that no, is. No. <laughs> Why are you saying that? I'm just re I'm realizing that it's the it's the uh, spinoff of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Next. Yes. Like these are the things we don't need. Like no one, no one was like, man, I I wish I had a backstory for Nurse Ratchet. I could have sworn that Ratchet was based off of a book that was based off of the the film, but maybe not. 
Anyways. I mean, it, it could have been, but it's There's still... There's your, your, your... Anyways, maybe I'll check it out. Lover. But yeah, I'm thinking about like, you know, like on Travel Channel, when I was a little kid after school, I come home and watch like the Lizzie Borden uh, axe murder uh, TV special. And it was like... Right. Uh, I, I'm getting similar vibes here with, with the bride, Constance Hatchaway. Uh, she was basically a, a woman who would uh, marry wealthy men and then murder them with an ax or a hatchet uh, soon after to take their fortune uh, and then move on to the next one. I think she had four, four husbands, five mm. husbands, something like that. Uh, all, all beheaded. And so as you go through the attic scene, you see uh, wedding portraits of Constance and the husband uh, with the husband's head disappearing uh, as you navigate the, uh, the, the attraction track. So yeah, Again, uh, a little practical effect there. I think I think that's pretty sure that's a practical effect. There's also the Master Gracie involvement as well because he was one of the husbands of her too, right? Here's the thing, man. This is where all of these like canon stories start to get a little bit convoluted. Like was he was he one of the husbands or did he truly and or did he truly kill himself? Yeah, we don't know. Right. Um, so basically, uh, that's it. Like, super fun character. Uh, major presence in the attraction. A uh, large amount of the ride real estate is dedicated to the attic scene. Um, and, and you've got, like, complimentary characters in there, too. You've got the shadow pianist, and you've got the hat box ghost, which is kind of a... kind of attic adjacent, I guess. Um, she is going up against the hitchhiking ghosts. And, and we talked a lot about the hitchhiking ghosts and the attraction character bracket. We broke down each one of them. You've got Ezra, you've got Gus, you've got Phineas. Each one has their own backstory. Um, and while, uh, Constance Hatchaway has, has kind of an important presence. Um, and I like the, I, I do like the murdery sort of like aspect of like this is it's a, it's probably one of the more grim elements of the haunted mansion story and like the uh-huh. situations that the ride presents um but again like this attraction has always been about humor to me um and i i think i favor the idea of the hitchhiking ghost following following you into the the human world uh, to be much more important to to the ride, um, it's it's really the the note or the joke that that they end you with. Uh, Tess mentioned the the mirror effect where you get to see the hitchhiking ghost in your doom buggy with you. Like that's just so good. It, it's such a great way to to say goodbye to to the riders, um, and and it's it's like a in an interactive moment in a way too. Um, and it's one of those things that kind of gives you the, the heebie jeebies a little bit when you, when you exit and you're like, hmm, did I go follow me home? I don't know. It could be. Uh, so I think I got the hitchhiking ghosts here. Uh, the Constance, uh, since she's fairly new to the mansion in the form of, in her current form, in her speaking form, uh, she's, she's voiced by this woman named Kat Cressida and Kat Cressida has an incredible lineup of voice credits to her name. 
uh, a couple of Disney ones. She's usually in video games. Uh, she does a lot of voice work for video games, but a couple of Disney ones is that she is the voice of Jesse from Toy Story in anything that's not the films. Mm-hmm. So she's the voice in in uh, Midway Mania. She's the voice in all the video games, yada, yada, yada. Uh, she was the the gorilla noises for uh, Kala in Tarzan. So Mama Gorilla's gorilla noises were what, what a credit Cressida. What, what a what a credit to have on your resume. And oh baby, my favorite one, not Disney related, but she is the one and only Dee Dee from Dexter's Laboratory. Is that wow. the sister? That's the sister. Okay, that's that's actually a good one. <laughs> Yeah, so here she is. Constance is uh, is Dee Dee from Dexter's Laboratory. Really cool. I, I love that this was an upgrade that made a lot of sense to uh, to to give that area a little bit more story than just like this lurking bride in an attic. Yeah, uh, it it makes that scene it enhances it in a way that feels authentic to the rest of the attraction, especially because the effect that they give her. Uh, is that of of like face projection, which had already been used throughout the mansion, specifically with the singing bus. So it's not like you're inserting the hatbox ghost with this new technology and she seems to not really fit in. She fits in quite well. It's also nice to enter this attic as if you are falling out of the creepiness into the silliness. The house is creepy, uh, except for the maybe the ballroom, which is perhaps a little bit more ominous. You do have people shooting each other. Uh, you have this birthday party. You're away from, oh, you're further away from it from the shenanigans. So they're just kind of these ghostly figures that you, that you're first seeing, uh, and then you enter this attic that is. I think it's scary. I, this is a scary part of the attraction, and and for her to be, giving us all of these silly like setups and and puns, but in a way that is very daunting is great. It's such a great performance, such a great character. You're right. The environment that she's in also adds to it with the changing portraits, with the piano player. Uh, it just is such a, a, I think it's such an underrated scene when we talk about the mansion. We love to talk about the the haunted hallways. We love to talk about Madame Leota's seance. We love to talk about the graveyard. Uh, but yeah, props to this attic. Like This yeah. is a, a such a great room in the mansion. Sure, sure. Um, I'm going to go with the bride. Uh, I I think that she is the last of the spookiness of this attraction, which is really important. Uh, You fall out of the window after encountering her. It's almost as if we are in the attic and we need to escape her. So we jump Hmm. out and we're falling backwards into the graveyard and end up there because we don't want to be the next victim of the Black Widow Bride. I think that's really cool. I think that's an, an awesome character. I'm glad that they enhanced her the way that she did. They did. I love that she was an OG, uh, and she's been a, in the attraction since the beginning, even if it was in more of a silent, heartbeating form. Uh, but she's great. the The hitchhiking ghosts for me are and always have been, always have been, just this kind of like goofy ending that felt unnecessary to me exactly that's I, I think, that's the whole point that's what uh, that's what sure. we love about them no but i think it can be a goofy ending but it's the feeling unnecessary for me that is just not what i like 
I don't like that then you you pass I I don't like passing the windows and seeing them in our reflection. I don't think that's effective. I don't think that's, it's, that's it's so no, fun. What are you I, talking I don't about? like it. I don't like it. Come on. Uh, I like the bride. I like that she uh, she wants to kill me. So uh, Tess, <laughs> you are going to break this tie. Man, you guys really laid it out there. <laughs> well, I agree with you, Kyle, that it is kind of like a goofy I mean, Chris, you said it too, like a goofy, silly way to end with the hitchhikers. And I love that they're part of the promotional piece of, of the ride. And they're yeah. so iconic when it comes to like, when you think, you know, when you're walking down in those archways coming into Disneyland, like you'll see the the hitchhiking ghosts on that Honda Mansion poster. And it's that to me just feels like they're so part of it. Um, I also have been really loving the bride's transition and going into having those portraits. I think they help tell her story more than she does. And yeah. um, one of the things that I, I saw on the Honda Mansion wiki and doing some of this research that is a little known fact that I'm going to have to keep an eye on uh, next time I'm at Disney is that if you're traveling at night um, and you're walking by the Haunted Mansion, if you look up at the second story, there's apparently, and we'll have to fact check this next time I go, um, you can see an orange, you know, orange flickering candlelights passing through the Ooh. attic, which is supposedly where she's walking. And then what? you obviously go up into the attic and kind of get that chilling um, experience with her. So that kind of having not experienced it myself, I don't know, I can put much weight in it, but it seems like it'd be really cool. I'm subscribing to it. I, I yeah. don't care. I, yeah. I want that. Hate yeah, that. hate that. It sounds <laughs> scary as hell. I know. Okay, so so super scary. Um, I think she does have that creep factor that we don't get in a lot of other places in the mansion. Um, but I think I have to go with the hitchhiking ghosts because they just do it for me and make it feel. Um, there's so much nostalgia in seeing which ghost you're going to get when you get off the ride and see who's going to be reflected in your dune buggy. Got to go with the three guys. Three guys, they move right along, uh, hitchhiking their way into the final four. Let's talk about this first final four matchups. Number one, the ghost host versus the number four, the singing busts. Uh, it, it feels like we get, I mean, we obviously get more time with the ghost host, but he also abandons us for he, a good portion of the he attraction. Yeah. He's like, nah, I'm out. Like Madame Leota is going to summon these ghosts and I'll, I'll see you back on the other side. Uh, so you, he said, which is like, which makes him so prominent is that he, he's a one seed and yet he's able to leave and come back. And we still feel his presence throughout the entire attraction. We feel like he, he is with us the entire time when really it's just like music <laughs> for a lot of it. So I think that's, that's really cool of this ghost host. And it also like adds an element to him. Like he and he's like, I hate this is this is a little too much for me. I'ma get out of it. I'ma catch you later. And the rest of the ride, you're like, when's later? When when's later? When is he coming back? You don't know. And it's whenever he wants. He he's that OG. That's why I think that he's just like that first ghost. <laughs> he he just exists in the house and he's like, I'm gonna do what I want. Everyone's gonna show up for you. When they show up for you, I'm a dip and I'll see yeah. you at the very end. He's like a, he's like an introvert. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm not, 
He's parties, like, you know not from. I think I got some. I think I got a thing going on over here. Uh, catch you guys next time. I'm gonna hang out in the stretch room. Yeah, I gotta go back and get the rest of them. I'll I'll be right back. Got to get them onto their dune buggies. But yeah, he's. I, they, we've been fortunate enough in the last couple of months to talk a lot about the ghost host. So I feel like there's not too much that can be said. And he's up against the singing bus who I feel like are the true bookend to the graveyard. I think that that is the way that should end this attraction and send you off. They should be singing you out and you get off your doom buggy and you hop onto the thing. I don't need the hitchhiking ghost. I think that these singing bus are the way that uh, this, this whole story ends. Hitchhiking ghosts just feel so forced, especially like, why? what are they hitchhiking? They know we have to walk up out the, out the crypt. We have to hop onto an escalator. Are they going to walk? Why don't they just wait at the escalator for us? The singing bus should be the ones that end it. Ah, man, this, this matchup's tough though, because what you like so much about the haunted mansion is that you are able to see these ghosts. You're able to see these inhabitants of the mansion itself, the 999 happy haunts. And the ghost host, like, does he consider himself one of them? He says that we have 999 happy haunts and, and there's room for one more. Uh, and he volunteers, but is is he one of them? Or is he the caretaker? Is he on the same level as like Leota is in your mind, Chris, where it's like these are just also the the building managers that are making sure that the happy haunts are happy and they and they're giving tours. So yeah, I man. I think that based on in I was going to say, based on personality, I would go with the ghost host, but you also get those individual personalities out of these bus. Like all of them give a little bit of something different. You have like the confident uh, Thurl Ravenscroft character who is obviously feels like the lead of all of the bus. And then you have the, the uneasy one that's kind of knocked over who's trying to figure out why he's sideways as he sings the entire time. And he has to look kind of up instead of or sideways instead of up. So you do get the personality matchup here. Uh, as I had kind of passed on Madame Leota for being integral to the story, I think that you have to number one ghost host here. Uh, they He just plays such a part that, that sets you on your journey and keeps you going. And it's going to be, is, man, yeah, number one. I'm going to send number one to the finals, Chris. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you all back to a moment when I was in high school drama and I learned an important lesson about characters and writing characters. Um, I was uh, the, I mean, I wasn't the star of the show, you know, but I was like, I was like, I was like a main character. You can brag about it. Uh, I was a main character. I was in Cheaper by the Dozen. Um, oh my gosh, what did okay. you play? Hey, not the Steve Martin version, the, the book <laughs> version, uh, <laughs> set in like the 1930s or something. I don't know. Um, but I was on the stage for like a lot of the show, but there was this kid, Mackenzie Martinez. Uh, shout out to Mackenzie. Shout out to, shout out to Mackenzie. Uh, we used to call him Tank because he hit bombs. <laughs> In Little League. Um, but he played he played like this boyfriend that showed up for like a date and he was on stage for like 
five minutes, if that, like maybe even more like three minutes. Like he had such a small part in the show, uh, but he was super funny. Like he, like he, with, with the little bit of material he had, he crushed it. Uh, and, and every single night that we ran the show, we would do curtain call and, and without fail, every single time Mackenzie would get the biggest ovation out of anyone more so <laughs> than me, more so than like the actual two leads of the show. Uh, people, people loved him. Yeah. Uh, and it was because he was such a small character that hit super hard. Uh, when you compare someone like the singing bus to the ghost host, I make a similar comparison where, you know, when I think about good characters in the haunted mansion, the ghost host feels like something else entirely. Like he's like a, a main character that is like your anchor. Uh, where he is, I mean, you know, you you dig in real deep and you think about him and he, and he has a lot of kind of complexities to his character. But this attraction is about a collection of unique and distinct ghosts. Uh, and when you talk about the ghost host, he's, it's like, like I said, he's something different. Um, and the singing busts do have that quirkiness to them that I simply don't think the ghost host has. Uh, and so I think that is the only way I can really justify the ghost host who won the best Disneyland attraction character bracket, not winning the best haunted mansion ghost bracket. Hmm. The idea that a good attraction character is well written, uh, and memorable and is well performed. Um, but when you compare him to the other characters in his attraction, uh, he, he maybe isn't, isn't the, uh, you know, beautiful butterfly of a character that, uh, the others might be, uh, the singing busts, like you said, have their own personalities. You can dream up who they were in real life. Uh, you can dream up how they behave within the graveyard themselves. Like is, is one of the busts super annoying and he's, you know, he's singing when he's not supposed to, uh, what's their dynamic like as a group is, is there one who's kind of a diva? Uh, <laughs> is there one who, you know, is a little bit lazy, et cetera, et cetera. I love uh, the singing busts for that reason. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and do a little upset here. Uh, I think I have the singing busts moving on as the best haunted mansion ghost, sending them to the finals, which means Tess is breaking a tie here. It's a big one too. It is a big one. And I hear both arguments loud and clear. I do have to go into a story a little bit of, you know, Chris, you shared with us about how your sister got stuck in front of those darn pop-up ghosts. And uh -oh. <laughs> one of my core Haunted Mansion memories is a breakdown. Um, I think my sister, Abby, was sitting with me. And we're sitting there and we break down square in front of the singing bus. And where I'll say I actually really appreciated that breakdown is if you're in front of a pop-up ghost or you're in front of the seesaw ghost, like you're going to see the same thing on repeat. The beauty to me of the singing bus is you're never gonna, it's not on a loop like that. Like you'd have to sit there for the entirety of Grim Grinning Ghosts. Yeah. And part of that for me was that's where I kind of fell in love with the song, as I said, a banger. And I fell in love with it and knowing that you could get the entirety of the song sitting right there. And every time you pass by it, you get something different. You're never going to hear the same lyrics every time you pass by. 
And to me, it's such a, a core part of this attraction. So I got to move on the singing bus. And down goes Frasier. <laughs> the singing bus, the number four seed with the upset to send them to the finals. Who will they meet? It's the number two, Madame Leota versus number six, the Hitchhiking Ghost. And I'm going to go ahead and play the exact same card here. Madame Leota, boring. Uh, she just doesn't She just doesn't have that character, doesn't have that quirk, doesn't have that humor that I'm looking for in a Haunted Mansion ghost. The Hitchhiking Ghosts uh, provoke the imagination uh, in a very unique way. Uh, each one of them their own character. Uh, we can create their own backstories. They have their own backstories, but you know, <laughs> yes, like I said, do. but like I said, like 99.99999% of Haunted Mansion writers aren't going to do that. So we, as the writer have to sort of like dream up one ourselves. And you can definitely do that with the hitchhiking ghosts. Um, they, they have that uh, humorous side to them. Um, and you know, on top of the fact that they're like fully formed ghosts, they're not just a head, uh, so, I yeah, I think I I think I hitchhiking ghosts. Like I got, I've said pretty much all I can about these guys. And that that's my issue with the the ghosts in general. That's why I talked about the the hatbox ghost. Is that oftentimes I don't want to see their entire their bodies. Like it it's almost more haunting to just see their head or to just hear them. And I feel like that's an important part of these ghosts. We get enough of the the zombie character types. We get enough of the the ghosts in full form in the graveyard. But to continue to be introduced to these ghosts who have their own personalities and their own representations is really important, I think. Otherwise, it's just one big house full of bad bitches, full of, full of uh, normal ghost figures, right? Like... It's the it's the same thing over and over again. And to have some uniqueness out of Leota where she is a floating head, I think is important to the story. These ghosts can come in any form from voice to floating head to full body. It's important. And I think that there is personality out of Leota. She she does speak in this kind of monotone trance, but it intrigues you to know where she came from. I brought it up in this same episode. I asked you both, like, how is Leota here? <laughs> like, what do we think her story is? There's still that intrigue. We don't know how she got there. We just know that she is the facilitator for the rest of the house to awaken them. So even just beyond the story, I think that her representation in the house is super important from a ghost standpoint. She is a different ghost that is doing a different thing and is not just based around a, a singular gag. She has a reel that can go. And every time you go through the seance room, you might catch a different part of her summoning. So I think that Madame Leota plays an important part. I'm not a huge fan of the hitchhiking ghosts. I do recognize and understand their, their iconic nature. And I brought it up over and over again from the poster episode to the Disneyland character episode. I get it. I understand. They're icons. But Madame Leota is a very important ghost, and I think that she's better than the go hitchhiking ones. So, Tess, here you are again. Man, you guys are really putting this on me, aren't you? That's how it goes. It's a tough one because, I mean, you heard me. I love those hitchhikers. I think they're really great. Um, I have the, the pictures up right now, and I don't know. There is something about, about Madame Leota that really 
feels, I mean, we said before, she's the HGIC and she <laughs> really just makes it all happen. I think Kyle, you said in an earlier round that, you know, that, that haunted party that we go to, those ghosts don't come out if she's not bringing them out, if she's not vibe checking us at the door of the haunted mansion to see if we can hang with them. You know, I, I think she's got to move on to the finals. Madam Leota. Leota floats on into the finals and we have a four, two matchup here, Chris. And uh, sounds like you're starting us off. Uh, So like on the one hand, if you don't have Madam Leota, you don't see any ghosts right. in the ride. Right. This is an empty attraction. You don't have the singing bus. You don't have a song. Yep. It's like a quiet <laughs> attraction. Uh, so I think both of these characters are worthy when it comes to you know, importance. Uh, they, they're both integral to the structural integrity of the Haunted Mansion experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can go ahead and give them the tie in that respect. <laughs> I had Madame Leota losing to the 15 staring busts. I had her <laughs> losing to the 10 seed Pickwick. I had her losing to the six seed Hitchhiking Ghosts. I have not advanced Madame Leota once uh, <laughs> on this bracket. Um, and I'm not going to do it here. Uh, I am going to give this one to the singing busts. Uh, I think I've said it so many times uh, in this conversation. This attraction to me is about humor um, it's about goofiness and silliness. Uh, the singing busts provide that in their rendition of Grim Grimming Ghosts. Uh, they make a morbid graveyard scene a fun and lighthearted affair. Uh, you've got the thorough Ravenscroft element as well, uh, which, you know, that's just icing on the cake for me. I would love to see Thurl uh, enter into the uh, Mouse Madness Hall of Fame because I don't think he's there quite yet. But um, yeah, Madame Leota is super important. I, I love our conversations about who she is, how she got there. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I, her gimmick isn't super interesting to me. I just think the singing busts are, are a very novel concept. So I have them as the best Haunted Mansion ghosts. <laughs> I think that this is a a really good finals matchup because one of the reasons you called out is that without them, the entire story is lacking in some fashion. Uh, They both are these personality ghosts as opposed to gag ghosts. Uh, They they just, they incorporate iconic Imagineers and performers. Uh, this This is a true... Finals matchup, I think. I think this is a great one. And they're both repeatable. You can enter both rooms and maybe catch a different part of their performances, which is really cool. Uh, and so, yeah, this is this is a hell of a matchup, a hell of a what feels like a tie. But I think that the main thread throughout this entire attraction from beginning, from the moment, the moment you step into that house until you leave that house is the theme of grim grinning ghosts in some fashion. And to exit the ride with grim grinning ghosts being sung to you specifically by these busts uh, is kind of the, the cherry on top of the sundae. It is, it is the, the, what I think should be the good night kiss. It is them saying, you know, you've done it. You've survived. You've gotten out of it. Uh, 
and it also their their song is telling the story of the mansion you know these are these aren't ghosts that necessarily want to hurt you these are ghosts that are very content with living where they are uh they're having a great time and you should be one of them and they literally encapsulate that madame leota maybe not so much she's kind of like god damn it how many more times do i need to <laughs> summon these ghosts to be shown i've got to just say the same lines over and over again I think that there's this is it feels like such a nice toss up. This feels like such a great finals. And I'm glad that we got here with a couple of goat ghosts. But I'm agree with you, Chris. The number four singing busts are going to be crowned the best haunted mansion ghosts. And as we do at the end of every single bracket, we're going to clap it out. Yes, we had a 4-2 matchup here in the number four seed one. If it went to you for a tiebreaker, were you going to go Leota or were you going to go Busts? I was going to go singing Busts. I'm so happy oh. you guys picked that because I did not want to be on the spot again. But <laughs> man, those guys are my dudes. I'm so excited that they made it this far and that they took the took all five crowns. Hey, just dudes being Busts. Dang it. <laughs> oh, man. We've got a lot of good t-shirts ideas out of this bracket here. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Uh, Well, Tess, thank you so much for for hopping on the Mouse Madness podcast. Uh, We hope that your maiden voyage with us was an enjoyable one, and we appreciated all of your spooky insights. Thank you. It's fun to be here with you guys, and maybe I won't be a a solo shot. Maybe I can come back and... Join you again sometime. Hey, Anytime. we're going to run it back for the best storybook land uh, mini scene <laughs> bracket. Okay, uh, I'm actually here for that. I like that. Okay. <laughs> or, or maybe, are, there six, are there 16? Uh, uh, we, we'll figure maybe something. in a tester. We'll find, we'll find hey, it. We'll find we'll, it. We'll take each individual succulent as its own scene. <laughs> uh, or, hey, we'll run best small world animatronic. Hey, the, the ideas are endless. Oh, man. They are endless. Uh, I love that. Well... Folks, that does it for another bracket. If you got something to say about our winner, uh, did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Send us an email. Please drag us. Email us at <laughs> mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, if you'd like to hear more Mouse Madness in your podcast feed, head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness where you can become a member of Jerry's gang. By joining us at the $5 level, you'll have access to things like two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month. Uh, we had two bangers uh, last time around. Me and Kyle are going to our first Disney convention. Um, <laughs> yeah, get ready for that one. <laughs> get ready for that one. Uh, we're going to have a full review for you there uh, this month. Uh, you get also get access to video episodes, right to vote on bracket topics, and an invite to our seasonal Jerry's Gang Disney Trivia, which is coming up in November. So uh, we hope that everyone can attend. Uh, if you got some friends, hey, m- maybe make a great holiday gift to one of your Disney buddies. Uh, we would love to have you there. We will catch you on the next bracket. If you do decide to join us, make final arrangements now. We've been dying to have you. Bye.